Welcome to the Homegrown Remix Podcast. We will be tackling the tough questions that eat at your faith. Throughout the year, four students will dissect, discuss, and comment on each week's topic. And now, please welcome our host and president of Crossroads Farm, Doug Rutledge. I'm Joe Castaneda, Ministry Director at Crossroads Farm Northwest, filling in for Doug Rutledge tonight as he fills in for me. Uh, so it's a real privilege to be here. I'm, this is my first podcast, and I'm with an all-star crew here. So tell us who you are, where you go to school. Fire away. Start with Mitchell. Okay. I'm Mitchell Caldwell, and I attend Reading High School. Uh, I'm Kimball Hughes, and I attend Pittsford High School. My name is Ellery Cura, and I go to Hannibal Horton. My name is Claire Wirtz, and I go to Reading all right so this is an awkward uncomfortable topic at least uh talking about the reality of hell um it was kind of one of those funny ones when doug and i were switching and it's like yeah he's gonna go talk about hell to my kids i'm gonna come up here so we can get out of town and not you know have anybody run us out with pitchforks and knives and that sort of things uh how did it hit you tonight like the the reality of that topic it's a tough uncomfortable topic but how did how did you feel it as it was coming out tonight at first, when you asked the question, I had no idea what to expect because I didn't know the answer myself. Okay, what, what was the question? Tell everybody what the question was. How, why would a loving God send people to hell? Yeah, good. I really like, um, it, what part really hit me was when you said the more important question is, why would a loving God allow sinful people to enter into heaven yeah why would a holy god or a holy god yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> and um that's some a big question that i asked myself this summer when i went to hiawatha it that's something that hit me hard was like how horrible are we as people that like we deserve this because we don't and like we think we have the right to it or like that we get to make the decision but like really we should be thanking god that we have like the like we have it yeah. like that we have him yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's a focus on just one attribute of God and kind of ignoring all the rest. And we can't just look at God's love and try to translate everything through that one attribute. Have you ever been misunderstood by someone because they just saw like one side of you? Have you ever had that happen before? Or you do one dumb thing. I mean, do you want someone to judge you by one dumb thing you've done? No. no. <laughs> Can you think of one dumb thing that you would hate if people judged you by? Like, you just think, like, what's one dumb thing you've done? You're like, I, w- I hope nobody judges me by that one thing. Um, For me, there was this one time I was in Walmart, and I was, like, messing with the speakers. You know how you can turn them all up? And I turned it, like, up loud, and I started playing it. And this one lady just glared at me with the hardest glare I've ever had in my <laughs> life. And... I didn't know what to do, so I just kind of like ducked under the shelf, paused the music, and like ran away. It's the worst moment ever for me. I think of the time, it was a couple years ago, mind you. I am blonde, so my sister tells me that there's a balloon in this blanket chest that we have, and I did not believe her because I didn't realize that the balloon was not blown up. Uh, it's funny how they're like little things. But, like, imagine if everything you did in life, like, oh, yeah, I remember that one time with the blank and the balloon, and you're like, I remember that one time at Walmart. And, like, imagine if they only held yeah. that as the memory of you. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the same thing. If we just take God's love, and that's all we think about, but it, we can't interpret everything God does through just one filter of who God is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mitchell, you got one? You look like you wanted to tell us one. I got um, just sitting in the middle of class, and, like, we're kind of just doing our work, and felt like I had to fart. <laughs> That's a horrible, uncomfortable just, feeling, my just, friend. And I, I, I knew it'd be a quiet fart. Yeah, but 
I just let it go. And it was not quiet. <laughs> and, of course, my buddy right next to me goes, Mitchell! Yeah. And, and then you're doing. And then the whole class knows it was me. <laughs> and aren't you glad that we don't just sit there and hold that over you? Mm-hmm. Although I might for a little while, but, I mean, we don't hold that over you. We don't interpret everything through that one action, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and that's the situation. Like, we can't just look at God's love and say, we're going to look at everything God does through this one filter. Plus, we're not even really looking fairly at God's love when we do that. So, um, so thinking about this, so, so if God's holiness and his justice is what requires him to allow punishment of sin, why do you think people reject the love of God? Like, why do you think your peers, why is it so hard for people to, to accept that God loves them and, and wants to be with them? Those verses said God is patient. He wants everyone to come to salvation. Why do you think your peers are rejecting that? It's hard for them to believe it because most people think, I won't believe it until I see it. Mm. And so, in this day, like, most, you don't see very many miracles, like back in Jesus' time when he would do miracles on a daily basis. Yeah. I would have to agree a lot with Mitchell, but at the same time, I think another big reason is that they think that if, like, I think they're afraid to come to God because that could mean changing their actions. Because, like, people know (laughs) what they, the stuff that they do isn't right always, and, like, but at the same time, too, like, God wants the good and the bad of you. Yeah. And, like, God wants to fix you, even if you don't want to, like, like come to come yeah. to that. And, um, like, God will work in your heart through that instead of, like, you having to do that alone. And I think one big thing is, yeah, that they'll lose getting to do the things that they get to do or whatever because they're coming to Jesus and they have to change and, like, but that's not what, what God wants. God yeah. wants the good and the bad and the ugly and all of it because he loves you no matter what. Yeah, that's a great point. I think sometimes people think they have to get to a certain place and then they can come to God. Like, okay, I got to stop swearing. I got to stop drinking and then I can come to God. And God's like, no, you, you actually can't do that without my help. Yeah. So that's yeah. such a good answer. They're cheering for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what else? What, what else do you guys think? Uh, people reject the love of God. It might be like a self-defense mechanism. Like they know they're sinners, but they don't want to admit it. Yeah, oh, that's good. I think we might yeah. just have to wait a second. That's all right. It makes good background noise. Do you, do you think there's a sense of like not seeing it in others? Like, do you think they've maybe known Christians who haven't been very Christian-like? Do you think that ever happens? Yeah. I mean, we're all sinners. Yeah. So, yeah. like, obviously, and I think that, like, you can, you can be, there's people that call themselves Christians that are even worse than people who aren't Christians. Like, you, like, it doesn't mean just being a, a I don't know. Labeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. All right, so, so let me put, let me put you all on the spot here as we wrap this up. We, we know people, you know, you hear about hell and it's a terrible thing and you like, I don't want to be there. But running from something maybe isn't a motivation enough, right? Now, some people do. Some people, they, they understand the reality of hell, and they're like, I don't want that. But why would you tell your friends, like, this is why you should come to God? Why, what would you say? Apart from saying, hey, you don't want to go to hell, which is true. But, but from your perspective, from the life you've lived with God and in your relationship with him, why would you tell someone else they should come to him? Well, being with God, for my experience, is a relief. It just takes a bunch of burdens off your back. And I would love for my all of my friends to 
feel that same way. And so I just want to promote it to them because I want the best for them because I know they go the opposite way. They they wish that they would want to be with me. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, for me, I would much rather have my friends spend an eternity with me in heaven than be an eternity apart in hell. And um, that's a big thing for me is like, when I'm talking to my friends about that, it's, I point that out. I'm like, I believe this is where I'm going, and I really want to see you there with me. Because thinking about the other side of it is a hard thing. Yeah. So I, I got saved at a young age, and I was saved because I had a teacher talk about heaven and hell. And I was like, I don't want any part of hell. And, and I knew that at a young age, and, and God became very real to me in that moment. Good. Girls, I'm going to put you both on the spot. Why would you tell your friends, you need to come to God because this is what's happened in my life or something like that? Mine would be very similar to the other two. I couldn't imagine leaving them in hell, and I'd want to spend the rest of my eternity with them. Yeah, good. I would say like one big piece of it is that you're coming to Jesus is important not only because you get saved like from going to hell but you always have someone with you like that's the biggest thing is that like when people don't believe in god like i don't understand how because of how much he did for me like he saved me from going to hell like i could like i know where i'm going because he saved me yeah and he and he gave up something so important to him for me to be able to be with him and like that's just that love is something that no one else could give yeah it's kind of a cool thing to think wouldn't it be enough if he just saved us from hell and just said, okay, you're on your own, but at least I saved you from hell. But he didn't say you're on your own. He says, I've saved you from hell, and then I'm going to be with you like your whole life. And that's kind of an extraordinary thing. Mm-hmm. So, well, you guys are awesome. Thanks for dialoguing about that. So, yep. y'all have a good week. Tell your friends about Jesus this week, yeah? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Crossroads Farm is happy to share coffee joy with you through the delicious Rich Roast Coffee. You can order yours by contacting the CRF office at crossroadsfarm.org and contact us to learn about our innovative ministry curriculum, The Arms of a Servant Leader, a four-year strategic discipleship training resource. Follow us on Facebook at Crossroads Farm, Crossroads Farm Northwest, and Crossroads Farm RCI, also on Insta and Twitter.